and welcome to a new episode of Keen Minds, where we're covering NBC's The Blacklist. This was episode 7 of season 5, The Kilgannon Corporation. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa. And I, I thought it was an excellent episode. I... I actually tweeted Hisham during the episode, and I said, I didn't realize I could love Dembe more, but I do. Thank you. <laughs> you know? I, I thought it was, it was a terrific, terrific episode, especially because they've been choosing this season very, very um, hot topics, in, and they handle them in, in a way that, you know, even when one of them makes me a little uncomfortable, then you put another one next to it and they somehow balance one another. So I found that, that you know, very, very well done. I feel like on this one, I mean, because it's, it's such a difficult topic. I mean, they, there are so many different points of view and so many different things to look at for it, just in, in the topic as it really is. I felt like they did a good job of not being too one-sided on everything. You know, they, they put out a couple different points of view on it and showed the humanity behind it. I thought they did a really good job with it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I particularly like that they have been taking old themes, that things that we have seen Red do um, in one way or another, and they are picking those, those dangling ends up. And this, this is something that we see in Alistair Pitt, that he talks about the tunnel and getting Rogelio's cousins up again. Uh, Rogelio was a man whose who's cousin was a gardener of the man who actually stole the storm of the Sea of Galilee. So they brought the Sea of Galilee. I'm happy that now they bring in that side of, of red business down. And, and the fact that he did it because somebody had to do it and he could do it well without lives being lost. And I think, in a way, they've really done a good job of, of humanizing a lot of what Red does. Because he's not... I mean, he does a lot of bad, bad things. And so it's easy to try to sort of pigeonhole him originally into a bad guy sort of situation. But it's not necessary. It's not black and white. It's not necessarily he's a bad guy doing bad things. Sometimes he's a good guy doing bad things. Sometimes he's a semi-decent human being doing semi-decent things. I mean, it, it scales all over the place. And this is something that, you know, that, that is, just as he said in it, you know, it was going to be done, so we might as well do it right. And you got the impression that he really cared about the people that he was transporting. But we've also seen him, you know, sell guns to potential terrorists. So, I mean, Red's all over the place well, when to, it comes to... to... <laughs> well, guns is a very, very tough issue because, uh, you know, one man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. You yeah. know, on which side of, of the divide do you stand when you're calling somebody a terrorist? You know, if you're targeting civilian population, in my view, you're a terrorist. Uh, and I don't care, you know, what side you stand, but if, but that is me, you know, I don't, I, as much as I could volunteer to be a dictator, um, nobody nobody's calling me for the job. I was going to say, nobody yeah. wants me to be the dictator, I promise you. <laughs> Bad 
bad, bad life choice right there. Um, <laughs> never do that. <laughs> I could do a good job, though. I, there was a joke uh, maybe a year or two ago that I was getting blamed for something in the fandom for Keen Squared. And I said, wait a minute. When did I get elected? When did I get elected to the, you know, the queen of Keen Squared? And I think it was Blacklister said, oh, you didn't know, you didn't hear there was a vote. Here's your scepter. And I went, no, I don't want the job. <laughs> I do not want to be you're in charge the of sheriff. this. No. I'm sorry, you're the no. sheriff. I turned that position down wholeheartedly. Yeah, that, uh, so I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the way they took uh, an issue that is such such a complex issue and they gave and i particularly like because samar is the one saying well not everybody that is coming is a good person you gotta have border control and you know you and get different sides of the issue that, that's what i mean that, that we they didn't just one-sided because i mean a lot of times you, i mean you're gonna have whatever the writer's point of view is to a degree they were very careful to make sure to point out this is a complicated issue you don't want to just flatten it out I think they did an excellent job in doing that and respecting the fact that they probably have a very wide viewer base that has a bunch of different opinions on this and we're very respectful in that. I I was very very pleased with the with the episode. And and I particularly got to say I love uh, the blacklister. Um sometimes a blacklister is is just great. Sometimes the blacklister is just like eh. But the, I love the old man, and I love the mother. Oh, the mom was awesome, but I cheered when Red put the kid down. Oh, my gosh. I mean, like, I just it broke my heart when Red's sitting there. And, like, I don't think he ever would have hurt the mom. I really don't. He was just he using her as leverage. He didn't even have a gun out. And, and he's looking at her like, hey, I'm just doing this because I need the information. Exactly. Pal. And the kid pops off, and he just looks at her. He goes, I am so sorry. He's like, you just lost your husband, and your kid just said kill you. You, I'm so sorry, yeah, well, man. Your kid, your kid call, kill your, fa- your husband and father, and now is giving me the go-ahead, like, yeah, get rid of him. Uh, favorite line, hands down, of the show. Your mother brought you into this world. You didn't think she could take you back out. <laughs> well done, James. Well done. <laughs> yeah, that was, it, it was, I, 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 but I, I generally care for the, for the mother and the father. And I find it interesting because this is absolutely the first time that we've had, if I think I'm correct in that, and think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first bad song that we've had. I don't recall any other bad song. I mean, we've had other songs that are blacklisted, but I'm not sure that I would call them bad. Um, I mean, in the gin, we had, and I don't, we. Well, but that that was, you know, <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, he but was, I, I was gonna not, say, not precise sure call them stellar. Bad. I mean, because I mean, there he was, was so much trauma even. there. Yeah, there was so much trauma there that I'm not sure I would. You know, the father had a point of view. Red had a point of view, but definitely the the fact remains that he had the the son have a gender reassignment surgery without his consent. So that to me is a bad father, but a bad son. uh, That's what I'm saying. I I said we, we we had we had an individual that was a blacklister that. 
And that's what they I'm saying. I'm not. I'm that. not sure if you would consider them bad, particularly because of the situation. But I don't think so. I think you're right. I don't. I can't recall a blacklister that was necessarily just horrible. That a horrible son. Yeah. A horrible child, as opposed to we've had some bad moms and bad dads. But this is, I think, the first time that we're actually getting a bad child and i i'm always interested when they're introducing a new themes because the new themes will pretty much tell us where we're going with the season so i'm i'm very very interested in that and i was very interested in the old man because um i love when red encounters this this other master criminals and they're also civilized you know, like Baldur Magnuson, he takes a gun out, like, take the gun, I'm not going to kill you, I just want to talk to you. And then the other guy, he's drinking uh, some alcoholic beverage. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. I love seeing Red talk to people on his level. It's just fantastic to watch it all play out. And I... I was so angry. I'm trying to remember. Uh, Colin, I think, was his name. The, mm-hmm. the Colin son. was the name. Yeah. And, like, as soon as he started attacking his father, I'm like, no. No. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> you horrible child. <laughs> yeah, it was, and, it was interesting because we've had two, already in one season, we have two characters who have died strangled with bare hands. And heaven knows people Nick have is- tra- Heaven knows Tom, uh, people have tried to strangle Tom to death multiple times. Yeah, that is before. that is a common. So I I found it fascinating that usually it's Tom. This time it seems to be other characters that are getting um, uh, strangled. So I love that. Yeah, and I, I love feeling, the music. I have a feeling next week Tom's gonna get plenty hurt. So <laughs> they're just kind of saving. Yeah, it looks that. a stab, a couple of, of gunshots. Uh, I, this looks like she gets a big bunk on the head. Okay, I'm just gonna throw this out here uh, from the brief moment because it. Liz looks unconscious on the gurney. The comment that was made, I don't remember which episode it was. It was whichever episode they were out to barbecue for lunch. And Tom says, I love you in any way you are, except injured. Don't get shot. Or something like that. But at some point he says, don't get shot. And I thought, at the time I remember thinking, honey, don't don't say things like that. Don't you remember what happened last time you're you going, said stuff? You're going, you're... I'm thinking Liz may get shot, maybe not badly, but at least, you know, a graze or something. I mean, because it just... That looks like a lot of blood in the back of her head, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she... Yeah, it's not... It'll be interesting to see. And I do think Tom is going to get stabbed, because we've got too many season one nods in that preview, with him being tied to the chair and, and all of that happening. But hey, but this you know, episode, the guy's got nine lives. He'll be fine. The, the this episode, uh, it, it was it was just a lot of 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 such good thing, and and I think we should go into Cooper. Cooper had Cooper had such a. I mean, there was not much with Samar, right? No, I, I mean you had one little bit with Aram. My my favorite thing with Aram was when he was inserting the uh the chip into the tooth for Dembe. Yeah. He said, you know, hey, if you didn't have to kill people for a living, you would totally be my my what was it? Uh No, he said you you are my role model except for the part yeah. about killing people. There we go. That's it. And so and so you know like five languages, right? Eight. <laughs> it's like 
And or and how you know that it, the sound is going to travel into your bones? And so I I love when 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 he start getting like intellectually uh, like he he has like a crush on on the intellect of people. Well, he's done that with Fred, obviously, and, and he's done it with Tom before because I think he's so used to having to explain things. It's kind of like an alias when um. I am blanking on his name. I can picture him. Um, but when the tech guy in Alias would just go on and he had to explain everything. That's how a ROM is. He has to explain everything to everyone all the time. Obvious. And so, yeah, to him it's obvious. And when someone actually knows what he's talking about, I think he gets very, very excited. And it's, I still say that the Tom and a ROM bromance needs to happen because we need our, our nerd boys to go play video games and, you know, and drink ginger beer and play play video games and nerd out to Doctor Who. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, but I said, I I said things that I need. I didn't say things that I expected to get. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Okay. That's a very important distinction. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah. That's what um, fan fiction is for, my friend. That right there is what fan fiction is for. <laughs> So, so the, I, I like that. I like that moment with Aram, and I like that he was like really worried about getting Dembe back. And, and considering the man just kidnapped him at gunpoint, you know, in his apartment with his girlfriend in the shower. Yeah, I think then that you can say that he's 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 got over it, and they, he knew that he had done it with good intentions. They bonded. They went undercover together. They're fine. <laughs> You know, you have an issue with someone, you go undercover with them. It kind of wipes the slate clean in the blacklist. You're fine. Um, and then um, Samar only had like that moment where she's at one pointing out that you know uh, it's not about all oh, like group people that come in that we need borders. So that that was just an, a moment, a nice moment for her. Um, but then starts things start to get really nice and and adorable when we start getting to Cooper. Oh, Cooper was great. Cooper's always great. Harry Lennox always brings it. I mean, he brings his A-game to every episode. Mm -hmm. Even if he has, like, two lines, he still has his A-game. But, but this episode was very nice, especially because we come in the in the... Coming back into something, Cooper had been getting a little... Um, sanctimonious with the uh, list, you know, I'll be watching you, I'll be watching you. And, you know, then he had this... This thing that, sure, it's very easy to be like that when you have, when it's not personal, but when he came to his own personal, his, mm -hmm. the, his, the, the son of his friend, when it came to, for us to learn how he came to be in the FBI, why he de de decided to, after the Navy, going to the FBI, even though the FBI branded his father a traitor and, you know, opened a, a file on him and so I, I found that coming on the on the heels of that episode where we see how he gets to the personal how he understand what is the difference when it's personal to you which is something red has been saying you know if you want to think like a criminal you got to make it personal and coming in the heels of that to see him first saying, well, I'm not going to help you reveal this uh, human smuggling operation. And guess what? He did just that at the end because he realized that the, that the crime is going to happen no matter what and that it's better the, crime, the criminal you know than the one you don't. 
Yeah, and and I love that that. Yeah, it, that that moment when when wrestler calls him and he says, "Hold on a minute, hold the line," and calls Red and. I think it was, you know, it's, it's that moment of appeal when it becomes personal to me. And I have had a feeling ever since Aram said, I want to be operationally trained, I had started a feeling that I've been thinking about it for a while, which is the task force is going to go on the run. I've That's heard, why they're... I've heard that theory before. Oh, um, somebody else has it? Oh, no, no, this was years ago. Um... This was maybe season. Good heavens, I don't remember. But th there was a theory that that floated around, maybe around season two, maybe when Liz went on the run. That that everybody was going to end up eventually ousted. I I I don't know that that's you know how they're going to end up their life, but definitely I think that there's going to be a point in. Once he said it, I'm like, hmm. and now you're starting to see other things happening. Like uh, you're taking all the characters into understanding that there is, you know, even within that gray, there are there are lines and you cannot just say, oh, I'm standing here in this. You've got to make a choice. You can't be a zealot. They're getting creative in it, too. I mean, because when push comes to shove, Cooper didn't break the law. He was told that his people were not supposed to, to fight any opposition. Just because he let someone know that, no one told him not to do that. And so he let the opposition know, be a slight opposition, and we can't do a thing about it. Um, so it was a very, very nice moment. I loved it. I really loved it. And do you have anything else on Cooper? I really don't. That was... So now we can go into, you know, besides... Besides Demby and Red, I honestly feel, even though Tom had great scenes this episode, but to me, this is one of the episodes where Wrestler shined. He didn't have very long scenes, but he had that one moment where he hit every note just perfect. I, I really like that this man that started so black and white, so by the book is the one that, that comes out and, and he's on the phone with Cooper and says, you know, I knew this was happening, but when I see it with my own eyes, it got personal. And it, it's very interesting to see all of that. And I think it's become very personal on many levels for wrestler. And that's where the shift has come. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's amazing because sometimes for people who are, you know, a bit of a sanctimonious person. Uh, it comes to being the one in the position to having to do things that you don't necessarily believe, but you realize that you have no choice. You have no real choice. It's a Hobson choice. And he did in that moment exactly what a Hobson choice is. It was the choice between saving those or, or letting them go, and he chose to save them. Um, and it's interesting because, to me, that moment when he sat there and he's at the, at the, at the, the, the he sees the way these people are going, and he gives the Red that smile. That smile, to me, was wrestler wrestler grew up in that moment. 
he's stopping the the the, the, the boy scout and he realized you know the a vision uh, not the not the scared little boy that lost the father but the man who realizes in every situation there is good and there is bad and you cannot make a zealot decision that this is right every time and this is wrong every time that there is good in the bad and bad in the good and that that smile that was like the it was actually the first real smile he gave red he had had other moments of compassion with red like when he picked him up and almost like red almost fell and he like grabbed him but that moment that smile and that the, the way that Red greeted him was fantastic. I mean, just the name, and I mean, he's always called him Donald, but still, it just, there was something about the way he said it. It was just so spot on between James and Diego. Just hats off to both of them in that scene. Yeah, that, to me, that, you know, that moment, and, and this episode was, to me, Dembe first, Dembe, Dembe and Red, but then I gotta say, even with all Tom's scenes, to me, this episode uh, belonged to wrestler after after the main. With that moment, so hats off. Well, do we want to move into Dembe then? Yeah, it's going to Dembe. Dembe owned this episode. Like I said, his sham. I that man. Like every time I hear something new about him, I'm just like, you are just such a precious man. Please, <laughs> never, never change. You beautiful soul, you. He's just... The actor is amazing. The character is breathtaking. It just... It's just all the way around. And... I mean, part of the, the wonder of Dembe is how quiet and calm he is in the midst of all of this chaos. I guess I didn't really hope to have an episode focus so much on him i mean we've had small arcs like when when he got kidnapped um and the besuma when in uh when he kidnapped uh aram yeah and when he kidnapped aram that, that was a little bit more focused on him but i don't think we've had something quite like this before i mean this was a whole yeah, new we- level yeah it was it gave i, I agree so much more depth to the character the little girl. I mean, I, I saw someone on on Tumblr said Dimbe using his, you know, uh, using his last bit of air to comfort a, you know, what would have been a dying child. Reblog if you agree or something like that. And I'm like, yes, because that's just Dimbe. I mean, this this kid is alone without her parents, and he just kind of adopts her and is like, fight me, I will protect her. And he's... yeah, that that that's more the the themes that we always see with the blacklist is a child in peril, is you know is a parental figure that becomes because and it's funny because at the beginning when he's like making friends with the kid, the parents just like grab the kid like they're scared of him, and it's interesting that at the end is is him that brings her home, mm-hmm. um so it, and they have that moment where they're like looking at each other and, and that got me even a little teary. See, I'm not a shipper. I mean, romantic moments truly just making me very uncomfortable but that moment had such a beauty such a magnificent beauty of you know this they got through hell together and he's just happy that this child will grow 
who grow up and have a life. And in those moments, you know, when you know that Andretti is going to get them across the border, escaping from whatever horrible thing they got to be escaping from in order to get to those conditions with a child. Do, do you just mean emotional moments make you uncomfortable? Yes. Okay, you said romantic moments. No, no, moments no, just romantic they... moments. Emotional moments don't make me uncomfortable. Romantic Okay, moments I'm trying do. to find where your jump is there because you were talking about the kid and Dimbe and then you started into romantic moments. Oh, because... I'm trying to find your them... jump there. <laughs> no, the moment is like... I, usually I say that I don't like romantic moments, but I do like deep emotional moments. There you go. And that okay. was a very deep emotional moment. There we go. Um, I'm just like, I know that you're not referring to that as a romantic moment, but I'm trying to find the jump because it's you switch gears in there somewhere very slightly and I wasn't following. Oh, I do that all the time. I know. Usually I follow, though. Yeah. yeah no, 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 that had nothing not that to time. do with it. <laughs> so that, that, that moment um, was beautiful. And, and it was also the moment when even at the end, you see the Dembe, and it almost had, um, you know, for for the the christians that that you you can almost relate to a moment where of doubt that moment of doubt that he has when he thinks that red can't find him and mm-hmm. he has been abandoned and there's that moment where he opens a truck and and there he is so and we've we've gone into the kind of of mythology and symbols you know, quite a bit. We have Red, you know, being the 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 vengeful uh, father. We have, uh, but this was particularly beautifully made. Oh, I thought it was interesting that that Liz and Red were talking about, you know, why Dimbe stayed, and Liz said, "Well, you saved him." He said, "Oh no, he didn't stay because I'm his savior. You know, he stayed because he saves me." It was just such a beautiful moment to to see that spelled out for us. Because, I mean, I I have always viewed that in... You've made the comment that it's more of a, an older brother, younger brother sort of relationship is how you view it. I, I viewed it as... It's like halfway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a good way to put it. I was going to say, I, I tend more towards father-son just because of how young he was. But it really was a mutual saving there. And that's... That added so much, like, I always knew there was a lot of depth there, but it just added mm-hmm. so many more layers, and it was just so beautiful, that idea that that Red physically saved Dembe, and then Dembe saved him on a emotional and maybe even spiritual so, sort of level. Yeah. And, and it goes very, very deep into the mythology of the Blacklist, because in the blacklist, one thing that is always a surprising is we're going a lot into identity. And one of the identities is the shapeshifter. Uh, and, and that is one of the themes of, 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 the, of the sub-themes of the theme of identity within the blacklist. We have, you know, is a, is a person that seems to be good and it's, a, it's bad, like the director. Um, it, it's the people who seem to be bad, but they're good. Um, and and in this case, it's interesting that the that the shapeshifter is the person you think is a savior is the one being saved. Yeah, definitely, and that that's one of the things I love so much about it. What was that shift there and that understanding? It, it was kind of like the curtain being drawn back and getting mm-hmm. a view into that. 
and I sometimes I wonder, you know, in other in other themes that we see, um, and I've always said red, and and I don't necessarily think that people uh, follow or and or agree with me when I say when when red and and wrestler had that that moment in 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 Ansel Garrick. And Red is saving the life. And at that moment, you can tell that wrestler really hated Red. And he's talking about, you know, the things that he wants. And he's telling him about the world. You know, the world is a is a complicated is is a complicated place, um, made worse by the man's fickle nature. And then you see how almost i don't know 80 episodes later or more we getting complete arc in that smile of wrestler so that's what i saw in that smile is that arc that begun when you think that the one being saved is a savior and it the whole thing just reverses and you realize that within all this both red and wrestler have gone to a change and the same that you think that Dembe is the savior, not the the one being saved. And I always wonder, when we think about the Keens, do we think about that theme too? Who is there a mutual saving? I I've thought about that quite a bit actually over the. I mean, not that I think about the Keens ever. I mean, no, you don't. All, all the time. <laughs> that's that's a lie. It's all the time. Um. <laughs> And I, I I've thought about that before because while it would be easy to say that Liz saved Tom, that would be a very easy thing I think to say. But I think it's I I think she was saved by him in many ways. I think that she needs him because of that just as much as he needs her and that's part of that partnership there it's whether it's a romantic partnership or any sort of partnership there is there needs to be a mutual need gain yeah between the people a mutual give and, and take between as the red people. said we are in a in a symbiotic relationship i wouldn't be in this if i weren't giving as much as i was taking exactly Exactly. And I mean that that's any healthy relationship. And I mean that was part of the problem with their with the Keens first marriage was that it wasn't healthy because Tom held all the cards in a way because he had so many secrets. Mm-hmm. That I mean and I I have never met a Keen Squared fan that feels like season 1 Keen Squared was a healthy relationship. It was just always this you know, early on, I mean, because I came in in season two, and so I was I was there for that hope that it would grow into something healthy, and it did. Um, but th- they've come to this point where I really do think that they've saved each other in a way. They they are each other's anchor, each other's mm-hmm. life raft in this chaos that's rained down upon them. And there there's something beautiful about that, and. In and the same non- goes for 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 Dembe and Red. I, I was going to say that- in a non-romantic, fi- and that that's just a different type of relationship, and that's what the Blacklist does so well. It takes these relationships that some of them are romantic, some of them are platonic, some of them are familial, 
and they just explore them at their core because so many deep relationships are very similar at their cores. Mm-hmm. I mean, your your best friend and your romantic partner for life, you know, they're going to be, what, maybe 90% compatible with some of the same things you have with both of them? You know? <laughs> it's... It, I, I wonder how... Anyway. When, when, how that relationship became about them being the savior instead of, of, of the one being saved... Uh, you know, he was a 14-year-old who's been abused in so many levels. And at one point, he realized that the man who had saved him, you know, had such a dark view of the world. And this is 1993, so he was really... To anybody that's listening to this that would like to take a fanfiction request, if you would like to write that fanfic and tell that story, I will love you forever. And I will read it completely and totally. <laughs> This is my request right here. I'll put this out on Tumblr later. But I would like to request this fanfic of Dembe find or of Red finding Dembe and that early really because I know that Blacklister two one four over on Tumblr has done and is in the process of doing Second Son in which it's an AU where Red finds Jacob Phelps and basically brings him in rather than than McCready bringing him in. And he's raised along with Dimbe. And that, it's a fantastic look at it. But I would love to see, you know, a look at what canon might have been mm. on that. And, and one thing that is interesting in terms of parallels, because, I mean, this season is the parallels are so thick. So many of them in so many levels that you start wondering. And I've, I've, I've had a few... Um, post on this in which I've analyzed the, the fire memories and I've come to the conclusion that during the fire however it was Liz who saved Red and that's another way in which you're going and this who's the savior you know she's a four year old girl but she I, I think that she saved Red and I think for her trouble she was left to die yeah I, I've I think I've read that theory before, mm-hmm. so we've at least discussed it, and I like it. You know that that that's that's how the scar made her brave, wasn't it? Because she was brave and she saved him. I I do really like that thought. Mm-hmm. And I think that that that's going right into that parallel with mm-hmm. Demba being the savior. Um, that things are not as they appear in the blacklist, so don't take them exactly as they are. Nothing, especially nothing that has to do with red is simple. Anslow said that, Marvin said that, and those are two people who know him well. Um, should we go into Red and, and that beautiful scene at the beginning? Oh my gosh, I loved that scene so much. It's, I, I am aware, and everybody that's been, that's been listening for any amount of time is aware that I'm a huge Tom fan. Tessa is the the red fan of this podcast. Jen is the Tom fan. This is this is how this works. And well, Tom, Tom, uh, Tom is my second favorite, and I think um, red, red and wrestler often switch is my second favorite. I I next to Liz, Liz is like because I used to have red and and Tom or red and wrestler is my second, but 
I feel like they're kind of behind Liz now. Liz has really come into her own. I I I, I think she's my third uh, favorite character. Um, but you you know I the the, the grayer they are, the more I'm going to like them. And I, of course, yeah. I have to like better than one that is the grayest of them all. Mm, but that scene with I, Red. I loved it so much because it just, she's so giddy. And I've been saying for a while, because I, I got in and on on Tumblr quite a while back now that asked me, said, I understand where you're coming from on Tom loving Liz. I get that. I get what Tom gets from Liz. I understand that. What does Liz get from loving Tom? And it's a fair question if you're if you're not a Keen Squared fan. I get that. You know, it's it's a very fair question to ask and I you know, it, it was kind of fun to look through. And my biggest thing, it, it's kind of become a mantra of mine because it's something I had to, to look at and to, to verbalize what I already felt and I've held on to it since and I keep going back to it that he makes her happy and I've been saying that for maybe it's probably been about a year since I got that anon Mm -hmm. you know you've been deep into a fandom when you say yeah a year ago when I got this anon you know (laughs) but to have the writers put that in and just blatantly put that out there Mm -hmm. that he makes her happy that marrying this man again knowing him having him father her child and marrying him and being able to wave that wedding ring around in her dad's face just makes her giddy or anybody's face not just red's just anybody's face because it's there Mm-hmm. It was just, I'm just like, there it is! Thank you! I was reading it right! <laughs> and and remember that um, it's almost, it's it's about a year ago when we were going into our hiatus series and we discussed Tom and Red, and you said, I'm so frustrated because Red has no character growth, and we, and I just... <laughs> My horrible failings. Why do you bring those up? Oh no, th- there's a point. There's a point. You gotta wait. Uh, that at that that at that point we went in, and I just saw it like it's all about Tom. His 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 character growth at that point is going about Tom, and then you get to this scene, and it to me it was absolutely great because Red has gone from sending some money to got Tom to having actually when he sees Liz with his happy and and a lot of the of the of the haters is like oh Tom, red was hiding his disgust no he wasn't there was I mean you analyze that expression he was actually happy to see his daughter happy he would have to be a monster not to see his daughter happy and That's the thing he, is, I don't think he's specifically happy that it's Tom. He's just happy she's happy. Well, the, the, and I have to disagree there with you. I have to disagree because the next thing he says to me implies absolutely everything that Red has grown, 
what he told Kate. She's not Masha anymore. She's grown to be who she is. And I think the problem Red had with Tom, besides the fact that, oh, well, I hired this guy to protect you and he fell in love with you and then I kind of like fired him and all that thing that happened is also because he was trying to get his little girl not to be a criminal, not very different from Rostov, not very different from all of this. And I finally realized she is who she is. She's in the study of criminals. She's the daughter of criminals. And guess what? She chose a criminal to marry that comes from another criminal family. By the way, speaking of that, thank you. Thank you for that gorgeous segue um so we stated a couple weeks ago um or i stated i i don't i can't recall at this point if you agreed or not um but i stated a couple weeks ago at nick's funeral that i think that liz knows tom was connected somehow she may not know how she may not know what the connection is but she knows that he's hiding something from her and I, I was talking to a friend a couple of days ago, and I kind of connected the dots to it. I said, I still believe that. I still think that Liz knows something's going on. And yet, last week, when push came to shove, when she's looking mortality in the face, what does she decide to do? If she knows that Tom is, you know, hiding something, that Tom, something's going on, she knows him well enough to know that he's not hiding something so big that it would break them. Mm-hmm. That it's, yes, he's got something. Yes, he's going to eventually come out with it. But she's giving him space. She's letting him do it. It's not something that would break them. She's still dragging him into the court. You know, dragging. You know, he's perfectly okay doing it once he knows where the, you know where they're going. <laughs> but bringing him into the courthouse, marrying him, and obviously having a very nice little honeymoon evening all the way through the morning. Um... <laughs> But it was it was such a nice little if that's the case, if it comes out that she's known something's going on, which I, I believe she does. I could be wrong on that. I could have misread it, but I, I as I it think stands, I believe does. That she does. I and, think she does, but I think she knows she's connected to Red. So I think at this point she's saying, I don't know what my father and my husband are <laughs> up to. Um for now I'm just gonna let them be. And that's, yeah, but, but she is aware that she knows him well enough to know that it's not something that's going to shatter them again. And mm. I love that. I love that movement and that growth. and Which goes to the, the remaining of my beautiful situation. Sorry, sorry. Keep going. It's all right. No, 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 it's okay. It was, it was beautifully done. It actually came up flow very well. Um, was that the next thing that, that Red used to... Uh, chooses to say in that moment. And remember, if you're going by Red doesn't lie to Liz, what he's saying next is very important because that is the full end of the cycle of the character growth that Red considers Liz an adult, is that he says to Liz that, Tom, we've had our differences, but I believe he's, he does the best for you. And at the he says, end, I, I believe he wants the he wants the best for you and for Agnes. Yeah, and and that is, you know, if you're going to to Frederick Barnes, that's a man I understand. That's a man he understands. And in that moment when 
And when they were in the car and, and Red was paying and Red didn't threaten Tom, um, I think that a man like Red actually accepts and values the people who actually have the guts to go against him and tell him, you know what, you're wrong. Why do you think he keeps Glenn around so much? Yeah. And Dembe, Dembe keeps saying, you should mm-hmm. have told her. You have to tell her. As opposed to Kate, who just simply said, I think you're doing wrong. And then from there on, never said, you have to tell her the truth. You have to do this. It was all about, don't go in there. Don't do that. Don't go near her. But never about tell her the truth. So in a way, she never really went against Red or told Red the, the way things were. And you see how that ends. Whether people who are willing and able to uh, take that scary moment, like like actually like Aram. Aram was, you know, and the entire task force have told him, hey, I don't think that is the right thing to do. Like Aram has said, it's true that you shot Kate for helping uh, Liz. So those are the people that he actually um, respects. And when he red tells this to Liz, he's actually telling, I'm accepting Tom for who he is. He may not be what I wanted for you, but I, I I know that he makes you happy, and I'm happy for that. But I'm, it's also a man who's doing what he thinks is right for you. We've also seen preview photos for next week's episode. Um, it was either from the, the U.S., uh, from NBC, or from City. Is it City that, that handles it in Canada? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember which preview it was for. I, I swear, Canada gets such better previews. <laughs> I love Canadian previews. They're less misleading. Yeah. I swear, Canada. They're nice and they're more straightforward. Anyway. Come on, NBC. Um <laughs> Come on, City, you gotta get better at doing at doing misleading. <laughs> get on with the program. This is where Tessa and I differ. I'm like, yes, <laughs> go city. <laughs> um But uh I, we've got that I think it was I think it was in one of the previews. And or in one of the shots that we've seen over on Spoiler TV, uh, mm-hmm. you you don't see it well who's in the backseat of the car, but we have seen shots of Red and Tom working together next week. And I saw a shot of of Tom in the back of the car. You can you don't see his face, but you can very you know if if you know Tom Keen, you know that's Tom in the back of the car getting out and. So those two are going to be working together. They're going to be accepting whatever is coming. And that, I, I think that's the point that they've come to, is that they, they've kind of accepted, we've moved from the season two situation of you're trying to hurt Liz. You're lying. To, you know, Tom is still very touchy about it because he's been through that. He's... He's worked through the situation of lying to Liz and trying to make decisions for Liz, and and he's well, done. And, and, with, he's done and with it, and he's learned his lesson. And consider we, one thing: had he not been ready to go and kill Susan Hargrave, Red would not have told him that who he was. Yeah. So I mean, he knows firsthand that Red will only dish out when. His feet are to the fire. Exactly. And I, I thought for a while, I mean, if, if anybody went back and, and read my uh, my story I did over the summer hiatus, I did a, a redemption and blacklist crossover to try to 
work through some of my redemption feelings that I had after it was canceled. Um, but I, I love the idea of basically Tom bringing it to point and go and looking at Red and going, I'm giving you 24 hours or 12 hours or, you know, hey, look, she's in the next room. Time is now. But basically forcing him into, you can tell her I will. But she needs to hear it from you. Because Tom is well, and this weaves back into what I was saying, Tom is well aware that Liz needs the truth. He is well aware that she needs more than the truth. She needs honesty. She needs someone to give her She's missing a whole chunk of her life. Yeah, and and as you just said, it's a very, very good point that he's seen that sometimes Red needs a certain push to be able to be honest like that. He had a lot of opportunities. Yeah, he had a lot of opportunities to tell Liz that he had actually hired Tom. And And it was only when... She hadn't learned from Tom that he said, well, I did hire Tom Keene. So, and he's had a lot of, Red has had a lot of opportunities. You hear the fandom screaming and ranting about Tom, and I understand that. Don't get me wrong. I do understand the idea that Tom should tell Liz. I don't. I, I disagree to a degree because I also see Liz and the way she reacts with father figures and the fact that she just kind of throws some of her own logic to the wind. I love her, but she does. And I, I think that that coupled with what Tom's just been through with his own family, it's completely understandable. He's in the boat that he's in. And so... But Red is not telling her either. So but that's my you point, cannot, is that you, you don't... You, you've got so much hypocrisy going on right now with Tom needs to tell her, but no one seems to be screaming for Red to tell her, right? I would like no, to scream I mean, for Red like, to tell her. It, they're both, then neither one of them is actually telling lies. They're just omitting they're just, and, and at least Tom is omitting, you know, this, it's, it's delayed truth. He plans to tell her. With Red wants to bury that suitcase. and He, he wants to delay it until after they're both dead. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's, and maybe that is, I don't know what the suitcase is, and maybe that is actually the best thing. I'm not one of those people who think that truth is always the best thing. Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes there is, a time to put things in the ground and forget about them. You know, there's a time for everything. And and you cannot keep going on, like on and on and on and on over years and years over the same thing over and over. At one point you got to put it, you know, lay it to the ground. But at, but at this point that they're, they're basically doing the same thing. So yes, you can do this hypocritical thing of, oh, great is, red is great and Tom is not. Exactly. That, that, that's the point there. The... I, I, you know, there is, you're going to marry a man that is just like your father, or you're going to marry a man who's completely opposite, and Liz went for the father. And and Tom, Tom and both Tom and Red acknowledge that, that they're both very, very similar. So that scene to me was like, yes, this is, in this scene, to me this episode, we have closed a lot of, of dots. We closed the wrestler dot that we started in Anslow Garrick when they were Sean in there and he was doing a fantastic monologue and it ended with that smile that you you know that wrestle got into so many things we've closed a lot of the Tom things in which 
he started by guarding Samani, by sending Samani to guard him, and now we're back, and he's saying that I, I believe that he's doing the best for you. And yeah. congratulates her on an honest way. Which, it would be... I may have to do this parallel. Oh, God, that's that's a gorgeous parallel right there. With him fussing at her when Tom's in the hospital in season three after the whole Gina, mm-hmm. you know, the botched Gina uh, heist mm-hmm. bit, and him saying, you know, he's this and he's that, and he's not fit to raise that child or to be your husband, rah, 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 and he was, you know, grumbly father, go, you know, going there. And then into, oh, that's that's a very nice parallel like that. And then into, he wants the best for you and for Agnes. Mm-hmm. And, and he's again to respect. He, he wouldn't be able to respect a man who would be afraid to tell him what he thinks, who would be a yes man. And Tom's that... always happy to tell Red exactly what he thinks. <laughs> that's not something Red has to worry about. And, you know, it, it may not be the son-in-law that he originally wanted, but it may be the son-in-law that he needs. Yeah, I'm sure that's the same thing with Tom, with with Dom and Red. Yes. Yes. I, you I know, as as as, as much, Red said, I'm not the person that you wanted me to be. As much as I would love for Liz and Dom to meet, I would also really like for Dom to meet Tom. And for him to go, oh god, you're a young Raymond. And both Red and Tom to look at each other and go, No! <laughs> <laughs> Like both of them to be five hundred percent offended by that. <laughs> yeah, really offended. And Liz just to look back and forth and go, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> no, but I think that they both know it. They they both know it. They those those two have an honesty about it. They know they know. It's like he says, you know, you yeah, and but, I have a talent for it. But it's different when you admit it about yourself and when someone else calls you on it. <laughs> I want Dom to call them on it. True that. <laughs> Um, which tells us to get us to the other scenes that Red and Liz had when he's waiting and, and he's desperate. And you can see Red is about to lose hope. There's a moment where like all the light in the world goes out of him when he's in that apartment and he realizes he cannot get this man. And Liz tells him he has nothing. He's going to have to go. He's, and then right at that moment, Liz just... So, you know, the red goes into that point and is the only time because remember when Liz was saying to red, you know, you can't be vulnerable for one because nobody has ever helped you. Um, and this is a moment where red is absolutely, totally vulnerable and he's open up to his daughter and he's telling him that there's a darkness in him and that Dembe has saved him. And that scene, that scene, that monologue was Emmy worthy. I just these writers coupled with these actors, I we are so blessed. <laughs> I mean, it's just so amazing. Yeah. It's it's truly This is the writer who have been the writer of a lot of wonderful oh, episodes. Who, who wrote this this episode? Lucas Ryder. Lucas Ryder has also written Wu Jing, The Cypress Agency, The Director uh, Part 2, Miles McGrath. Oh. Solo. Beautiful soul. Beautiful soul. Yeah, they, they've been, they've been, uh, he's, this episode is, I mean, that, that, that monologue of Red, <sighs> that's Emmy worthy. I just, that was beautiful. Yeah. I, I'm getting 
be really upset if he doesn't come out of the show with some sort of enemy. You know. I don't think he needs it or wants it or matters to yeah, him at all. But you know, the fans want it for him. You know, let us want it for him. <laughs> I just keep wanting our job. Know, four sheets. In, oh, in, yeah, in that scene, he's gonna bring it no matter what. But you know, we can want it for him. <laughs> it's oh god that. You know, I, now that, that is... brings us to another interesting red situation. But I'll go after you do that. Oh no, Whatever. I was going to you... say that the blacklist is really my my first experience is my first experience with James was Stargate, uh, the movie. Mm-hmm. That was my very first James experience, and outside of Age of Ultron, Blacklist is the only other one. So this has been my my only lengthy experience with James, and. You should see Boston Legal. I, I have heard that. I My problem is it's not on any of my streaming sites, and so it makes it difficult for me. I'll have to go in and purchase it, which takes time and effort. And right during the, the main season, it may be next summer, something I do, that, that I'll, I'll start working through the seasons. Um, but it, it's definitely on my list of things to, to purchase as, as my you know bit to watch. Because I, I've heard it's excellent and Mm -hmm. i I will do it straight for james like i love i love bill shatner but i will do it straight up for james oh the and their their dynamic is i I have heard that and absolutely terrific but the moment there's another very interesting moment when i think when when crispy tells red that they got tom and red just looks at Denver, but she doesn't say anything which makes me believe that red that Denver doesn't know that he hired crispin so no, Red is hiding that. things from him. I didn't get that particularly. Um, I I just got Red being like, oh god, worried. My my, my son-in-law is in trouble again. <laughs> you know, worried slash frustrated slash secrets put people in harm's way. <sighs> yes, come on, the, Red, the, come on. <laughs> the, well, but then the the other the other aspect of that, and I think one the people in in uh you know get get is. We don't know why Red is keeping these secrets. They may be because he's a secretive person and he just can, you know, like Tom, like just like Tom got with, with Liz and, oh, I'm not falling in love. I'm not falling in love. Oh, crap, I am in love and I have <laughs> no idea how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to ever what? tell her about anything? Um, I think it is exactly, could be just like that, that Red just goes in and, you know, and then it gets difficult and he's such a complicated person everything about him is complicated so he doesn't know so i i don't know but that that was an interesting moment i wasn't sure if he's keeping that from them or he just like look around because he's worried or whatever i'm not sure i'm not ready to make a determination on that but i did notice that moment um and then there was a beautiful moment when he's you know, the parents of the girl have been taking, and he says, you know, I found that a little bribery goes a long way. So that is something that they did in the comics. So again, they're taking one dangling end that came from the comics and, you know, from, God, like years ago, and bring it right now. They said it is on on the gambler, and when he and Sebastian are talking about it, 
and you know Sebastian is like oh no you gotta do use force you gotta use threats and then and Red is like well you have to use a carrot sometimes a carrot is more effective and what he learns from from Sebastian is you have to mix you can't just do one you have to do both but whenever possible Red will use bribery yeah Red prefers the carrot versus the stick he does I mean we've seen that over and over again and he knows there's always something somebody wants. So you give them, it doesn't have to be money. It could be a favor. It could be, you know, like the, the scientists that just wanted that villa in Croatia. So, mm. and that was, that was that. So those moments with red and, and, and red driving the girl is, it was just such a nice uh, parallel because we have had a scenes like that. We have had red and Liz, uh, saving at this instance the cop, the undercover cop that she shoots. And we have had Tom saving the girl in redemption, in the in the redemption um backdoor pilot. It's the same kind of situation, you know, driving with this girl who's being mm-hmm. who's in danger. So this is, you know, you're taking a theme and it's coming back and back and back. The Blacklist is great about that, and and we've talked about it before, that they pick up threads seasons later. I mean, they, mm-hmm. so few shows do that. It's like you have your arc, you handle whatever's happening in the arc, you might have a nod to it later, but for the most part, you handle whatever's in the arc in the arc. Blacklist has broken the mold on so much with TV that they, they've dropped nuggets in seasons and pick them up multiple seasons later. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's like watching one big long movie. Movie. It exactly. really is. Yeah, it it's very very well done. Uh, should we move into into Liz and Tom? Yes. They, I mean, they didn't have a lot of that together. Just a beautiful oh. scene in the morning. Oh, for Keen Squared fans, they did. <laughs> that scene was well celebrated. <laughs> We're we're a okay. quiet lot on. I, I hang out on Tumblr for the most part, and we are a quiet lot on there. We really are. I mean, we're, we're more vocal now than we were when I first came in. Um, but for the most part, we tend to be to to talk quietly and discuss amongst ourselves in various chats and such. But this scene was so much fun for us. I I know that different shippers probably disagree with that, and that's fine, guys, but but we are also allowed to, to have our moments when they when they appear. And Particularly I, because she's canon. Yeah. Just yeah. throwing that out there, not being a shipper, whatever <laughs> people may think I am. I am not. I abhor romantic things. But it's canon. So... <laughs> you guys didn't see Tessa's face and <laughs> that was full <laughs> I, I, made, I made a comment before we started recording tonight that most people probably consider Tessa a keen squared shipper and I think I thoroughly offended her by that <laughs> I'm not a shipper but if, I guess I like the keens because of the themes of the show it's, which I keep pointing out, it got nothing to do with romantic. I don't like it. I mean, that moment was among the, the least uncomfortable for me. It's I gotta really say. funny that 
Keen Square, like, I've talked to Keen Squared fans. At least one has made the comment that, like, certain things that you'll say, they'll, they'll go, she's really not a shipper, is she? <laughs> and I'm like, she says she's not. I guess this is proof. <laughs> I'm not. I, I really don't like romantic anything. I mean, if we're going to have a romantic thing on the show, I want to see Red have a moment, like, like listen to him hat on the boat. Katarina. Katarina needs to come back, and I will ship that until Kingdom Come. Katarina and Red, I ship it unless, so hard. Unless my theory's right, and she's so pissed at Red that she's the real big bad going under behind everything now. Which Don't break could... my heart. No. No, do not break my heart like that. I will curl up in a, cr- in a corner and cry. I will legitimately cor- curl up in a corner and cry. Do not hey, do that to me. She's allowed her boat <gasps> with a change. Yeah, I also family. want I also want them to have their their good boat too. <laughs> they can have the boat with the chains, but they also need their good boat too. Well, maybe they need the boat with the chains before they can have the, the good boat. I think we got enough time for that. Can we have both? I don't know. <laughs> well, they they don't need to do it for long. Maybe she's better at at, at, at torturing that that Liz was. <laughs> maybe. You know, like 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 Scotty. Scotty was far better. I mean, she got a dawn like in what, like ten seconds, and or like a few minutes, and you know, <laughs> there's a lot that come with age that you just so, get better at. Keens, Keens. <laughs> On that note. Oh so they God. had that beautiful scene. <gasps> beautiful scene. I. Okay, so one of my favorite moments was her hopping up on the couch like, okay, listen, Buster, you may be taller than me, but right now I've got the upper level here. (laughs) They were just so cute and flirty and domestic, and it was just all the while with the the spy elements of, you know, do not call, do not answer that phone with your dad that is, you know, a master criminal that you have to go meet in 30 minutes. You know, and and the nice nod to the annulment, by the way, I very much enjoyed that because we haven't mentioned the fact that their their marriage was annulled mm-hmm. back in season uh, first part of season two. Uh, Liz went in, and I mean, so their marriage did not exist. I mean, because she's been calling him her ex husband. Uh, yeah, but truly, that's not the case. Yeah, exactly. And so I really enjoyed that nod. I mean, I, I again. Had, they put that way over there. They bring you back. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I liked, it was also a very nice nod to what I've been saying for ages, that their first marriage was, was you know, unhealthy. Didn't it exist. It was, it was a bad situation. They broke it down. They shattered it. And from those pieces, they built something good out of it. And that's exactly... Well, this was our first night as man and wife, you know, and I really liked that, that in in all of the goofiness and all of the flirtations, there was some really solid, solid stuff there talking about their relationship. And it, it just, I know I've been really cheering the writers, but I can't help it. Kudos to the writers on that. It was very well done. It was goofy. It was fun. It was cute, flirty. But it got some really solid points across. It did. It did. I, I, I mean, I'm not a shipper. That scene, oh, I mean, usually when they're a little more on the sexual side, I'm a, I'm a little better with them. But when they're pure romantic, that, that just, you know, makes I'll me uncomfortable. I'll take both. I will I, take both. 
Yeah. I gotta look away. I mean, it's just when when they're all romantic. I gotta say, but boat sex is fine. But romantic dinners by candlelight's not your not your jam, huh? No, no, not my thing. I actually flinch at the scenes with with Red and and Josephine. Really? Yeah, they were like, this is not Red. I mean, this may be like like the one woman that is so bizarre that you know maybe it's like his. I don't know, exception, because I know he likes them generally with bad tempers. Yeah, I feel like Josephine must have been the exception. She was sweet. I mm-hmm. liked her. I Everybody liked her. needs a sweet person that is yeah. not, you know, within the, the thing. The nice moment there with him. Give Red his sweet uh, girl. Um. <laughs> so I think that now we gotta go into the other subplot. Okay. We gotta go into Tom, Pete, Lena, uh, whoever Oleander is, okay, and I... Crespin, and this 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 other subplot that we have going, it's where the things get really complex. A lot of people had starting analyzing and saying, "Oh my God, this is all crazy going in here." Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Was that Blacklister? I haven't had. I, I've been so busy. I haven't had time to read it, but I saw Blacklister posted something on Tumblr saying, "You know, what's it's happening?" It's all over. It's all over social media. It's the same in Reddit. Is it okay? Because, like, and I was like, you know, I, I'm not ready to jump on the, like, the writers have screwed up thing. Because I, I've been caught too many times early on in this fandom, which I said that, and then I had to, you know, bite the bullet later and be like, sorry, guys, I just didn't have enough faith. And so, that's kind of where I'm at right now, but as it stands, it's kind of awkward. Now, Crispin obviously works for Red, and so... My best guess on that is that at least he was just Red was trying to save Lena. Red knew that that um yes. Nick had already died. He knew Lena was involved. He was like, "Let's just save one poor soul here." Oh my gosh. Like working through Tom and convincing But how did he find out about I mean, we went from Red finding out about Nick and from Nick's phone. I mean, I guess because he went and tried to trace from the phone others and found Pete through that. That's the only way. I mean, and we probably will know more once we get the deleted scenes mm-hmm. for this. Because it seems that there is a little a little jump there. And I imagine it's not that difficult to make the connection that he must have found out about Pete from the phone. Because that's how he found out about Tom. Well, yeah. And I think that he was trying to save Lena. Well, I mean, because he had... He had... Um... Nick's phone, and so Nick would have called, mm-hmm. called Pete. Lena. Well, it no, would Nick have called, would have called um, Pete. Pete. Yeah. Now, um, the, where things get complex, and I always tell people, I know I've 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 seen it not just in in Tumblr, I've seen it in in uh, in Reddit as well. And people are getting, oh my God, this is this you know this is this has so many plot holes. Wait a minute, because sometimes what you gotta see is you gotta see the 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 steps. How does this thing happen according to one and according to the other? And then sometimes you get to the conclusion there is a party we're not seeing, and that I think is what it is. There is a party we're not seeing and because that. While I will say that's possible, that there's it's possible. I will also, I have to I have to make the giggle that. You have a thing for a third man, don't you? Because you yeah. have a third man. <laughs> like, I saw you post something like that the other day that was like, but there's, 
there has to be a third man. And I went, wait, are we talking about the fire or are we talking about Pete? <laughs> Both. Well, it's it just one of those, you know, um, problem-solving things. And sometimes to solve a problem that seems like you're not getting anywhere, you don't have to take things out. you got to add. And once you add a piece, it's like, ah, okay, now it makes sense. Because there is a little problem with Pete's account of the situation. Yes, he got his fingers chopped up. So we know that he wasn't working willingly to with um, Ian. Correct? You know, nobody gives a, sure, yeah, go ahead, chop my fingers. Yeah, nobody says that. No, nobody says that. <laughs> so, Said nobody ever. But in his story, and and mind, this is Lucas Ryder who wrote this. This is not somebody who hasn't been on the show all this time. Mm -hmm. Nobody had an arm around Nick's neck. Nobody. Nobody. The apartment was was dark. He didn't wake up and found that attack. Whoever was there was waiting for Nick to come. Nobody put an arm around his neck. Yeah, it was hands. And they made a point of showing the hands. Yeah, and it's... They're not just going to leave him there after that. It just There was something, something fishy about his entire thing. And I do wonder... If he actually worked for Red all along. That's also Pete, a possibility. Pete Pete could have worked for Red. I think that Pete worked for a third party. And that that's is also, the third I was gonna say that's that, also possible, but he also could have worked for Red. Red would not have had that shock look when he realized it was Tom. That was mm. genuine shock. That's fair. That that's, Red that's was fair. like, Oh no, 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 this is bad. So I think that, and he had just found out that Nick was involved when he finds the key to the to the suitcase. So that means that that even though we're seeing Crispin and now we realize, oh, Crispin was hired by Red and working is working with Red. There is also um, uh, Ian, but I don't think Ian is Oleander. Mm. So oh, Ian seemed to have come That's into true. play. When Pete ran the Cody search, which I, well, I wasn't sure that he had, just because he said he needed to run it doesn't mean that he did. But yeah. if he ran the, the Cody search, Ian came by Cody. So you know that Ian is connected somehow with the government because as soon as that, that search came, he came into that apartment. It hasn't happened, not even 24 hours. It was within... Maybe three, four hours. He run. He, he had the the idea too. And Tom went to have lunch with Liz. Took the the ID, gave it to him. Less than twenty four hours later, Tom he was he had disappeared. Yeah. So there is. We know where Ian came from. He came from Cody. Now there is Pete. And Pete was their position before. So we know Pete came from Oleander. Because Pete must have been uh, told by Kate through Denison. It's the only way that he's there already at the ready when Nick, when Tom gets a suitcase to someone. And you know that that's not a big stretch that he, he was going to go for Nick. 
Yeah, that that's fair. Oleander makes sense. Um, because we we still don't know who Oleander is. We just have a name hanging out there. But so yeah, I, I could see that as a, as a third man. Uh, basically, a fourth party interested in here. Mm -hmm. And if you think about red, and I think that red is wrong here. Red thinks is just you know is only is most valuable to him, and he just wants to go get it and kill the guy. But look what Ian said. He said. There is so, the, all the people that are interested in here that will commit unspeakable acts to get their hands on this thing. You, you know, this little pisanda is going to um, get it. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Maybe I'm not the it, pisanda. It's a great, it's a great baddie. <gasps> oh, oh, he's because he doesn't look like it. No, he looks like you know your 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 businessman and all that, and then you know the suspenders, mm -hmm. and then he's like thoroughly deadly and yep. totally crazy. I just, I mean, because Tom knew exactly what was happening as Lena's like making a run for it, and he's just looking at it like, oh my god, really? And she like, was dead. Are you playing with her? Like, do you have to do that? You know? And then Ian shoots her, and he's just like, okay. Mm -hmm. she was she was gonna die there was yeah and i think that what happened is that they got to pete um and they were actually they said to pete okay we're gonna let you go because basically you're gonna be bait and this other person because as soon as they got in the hotel they were there waiting for him so i don't buy his story that he didn't say anything about the fingers i don't think so i think he did say things when they cut his fingers off and they he became bait and he was hoping that he was going to get out of there alive whoops got a bullet to the head guess not sucks to be him um so were you shocked that crispin was working for red i i didn't see it coming i mean but once it happened i was like and I kind of started trying to piece some things together. Mm -hmm. that, that's where my brain started kind of working through Pete and where, what Pete's connection was and and all of that. I mean, it's Red. Even if he's not on the top of his game, he's not at the bottom of his game either. Yeah, obviously the moment that he knew it was Red, it was Tom. I don't think he expected Tom to let it go. So he kind of went for, for Lena. And I think Tom after that, well. he's. I, I honestly think that, that he had Crispin there protecting Tom. Oh, I think so too. I mean, to a degree. And, and to try to get Lena out alive as well. Mm -hmm. I think that, because, I mean, Nick had already been killed, and then you had Lena involved. And so he was just trying to get, you know, his son in law out alive and Lena out alive, who's the innocent bystander. But he needed somebody to point out how to get to the guy with a suitcase. Yep. There's no way he could have known that. Uh, it's just, it's a mess, like it always is. But at least the, at least, um, what's his name? Um, Crispin? Crispy? Mm -hmm. Crispin? Crispin. Uh, at least Crispin knows where Tom is currently and hopefully can track him. And so because we know that at least at some point, according to the previews and the the, the uh, photos from Spoiler, that Red and Tom mm -hmm. connect at some point and work together. 
I, do. I right. do love them working together. Let's let's ask the question that is in everybody's mind because we have not got it asked enough. Will Tom die? No, Tom's not gonna die. Oh my god. I have answered this so much on my on my blog on Tumblr. It's it's like a never ending question. Every every week. It's like, have you changed your mind yet? And I'm like, I really haven't because honestly. I can't imagine anything that will make me change my mind except for Tom dying. Because I go back to, again and again, if Tom Keen dies, that kills Liz's dream. Liz's dream dies? Guess who told Liz she would have her dream? Raymond Reddington. Who are our two main characters of the show? Red and Liz. Liz's dream dies? Red promised Liz her dream? Red fails, Liz fails. That's a sucky show. Nobody wants to watch that. Liz's dream is not going to die. Tom Keen's going to be fine. Well, I think that that a lot of the people who are hoping that he's going to die are, um, you know, um, do not understand that from the point of view of the show, Tom is Liz, the love of his, of her life. And, and unless you can accept that, the whole of well, Blacklist okay. is not going to make any well, sense. Let, let's just say, theoretically, which I do not believe this is going to happen for any of our King's Quid fans that are in panic mode. I do not believe this is going to happen. But let's just do the theory that Tom dies. Liz has this dream. Let's say Liz's husband is interchangeable. Okay, we've got half a season. Maybe another half season at the very maybe most. Maybe two. May, maybe another season left. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, because they're pulling spent... so many threads together that you know they're that they... it, this is not halfway. Still, they've spent a full four seasons, now four and a half seasons, building up, tearing down, rebuilding the Kings. They would need another two to three seasons tops to appropriately, characteristically build another relationship. They've built this whole relationship through four and a half seasons. They're at the end. This is the relationship, guys. I, you know, you you can ship AU, you can ship whatever you want to ship. It doesn't matter. But canon-wise, the Keens are canon. Well, also, also there is something in, in you know, and that, that's your character part, but you can also look at this in, in the more th- ways that you can find to look at a show like The Blacklist and look at it from different perspective and you come to the same conclusion, then you know more or less you're right. I do think that I do have more, uh, more belief than you that they might kill Tom. Uh, I don't know how long we have left, and that is where our, you know, my my opinions differ. Uh, there is also the possibility of a fake death, because if he's in trouble, if they have been seen or he's in there, it might happen. But there is also something else that I don't. Seen them on gurneys at this point. I I don't think they're gonna fake his death. I, and, but the good thing is we're going to find out about his. Uh, that there was a release today. I think on EW that um that said that we're gonna know Tom's fate by the end of the finale. Hmm. Well, one thing that is interesting here is that I don't know if you remember 
that I said at some point, Red is going to be presumed dead. I've had the feeling because he said to Dom, you know, if I don't come back, you need to go to her and tell her who you are. And at this point, you know, they've got the suitcase and the suitcase is going to move the, the, the story along to a certain point. But at this, at some point, you know, Red is not going to be, I mean, he doesn't go and tell these things until, until they drag him kicking and screaming and face him with uh, Tom told me that you hire him or there is a DNA test that says you're my father. So you know that anything else about Katarina is going to come when he's presented kicking and screaming with Dom. And it would be like, shut up, shut up. And he's going to say, you shut up, Raymond. So you know that that is coming. There is a going to be Dom and Liz meeting at some point. And, and that is going to be the next coming in the show. And how are you going to get to, to that is either by Dembe telling Liz, by Aram saying, oh, I don't know. It was a cabin in the woods where I went to get him when you were dead. And Liz will be like, hmm, what cabin in the woods? Or is going to be that Red is presumed dead. So I had this feeling yesterday. What if it's, this is the moment where uh, uh, Red fakes his death? That would be interesting. Because, I mean, we've got to have some sort of... Forward movement. Well, yeah. And, and we've got to have some sort of um, um, cliffhanger for the finale. That would be fascinating because i was actually talking to a friend tonight i think it was chris uh chris m23 and i said what what would happen if because we had the issue with tom telling liz and we talked about this at the beginning of the, the podcast tom telling liz I, I love you in any format other than other than injured please don't get shot you know, in what if Liz gets shot? And her statement was, oh, wouldn't that be interesting if it was a misdirect that we're all so worried about Tom and it's really Liz that we need to be worried about. But what if it's Fred that we really need to be worried about? And at the end of the finale, it's his life. Hanging yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't know if he's alive or dead. And maybe that is the point where he fakes his death. Um, I mean, like at, at the season or at the winter finale, yes, I would 500% believe in a fake death. But to be fair, when Liz quote unquote died, I was ninety eight point five percent sure she oh, was really I, I don't alive. think that he that it would be that kind of situation where the audience doesn't know that he's alive. It will be propelling forward the plot. I mean, Red will be doing whatever he is because now people think he's dead, so the threat is dead. But it could be that the, then you get a lot of action forward because remember we have not talked about Katerina. No. I mean, it's just no forgetting, and they're making us trying to make us believe that it's Katerina in the suitcase. No, good heavens, no. We we haven't talked about Katerina. We haven't talked about redemption. Those are the two things that we have to wrap. I mean, that we have there's not a lot touched of to Jennifer, and we have okay. had two seasons with Jennifer, a character named Jennifer. Those are the two. Well, I I say redemption's a big thing to wrap. That's that's a personal opinion. Katarina's the big thing to wrap, and then redemption and Jennifer would be sub subplots. To me, likely. it's it's is is Katarina, Jennifer, and redemption. And I have a feeling that redemption is with all these things that are going to start coming together. 
Oh, I agree. I, I think that Scotty and Howard are tied to a lot more than we have been privy to so far. Mm-hmm. And, and there, is a, there is a very little interesting picture in Scotty's uh, office. And is there... I got a, a little clearer picture with high definition. But it's definitely Scotty with a child bubbling with bubbles. Blowing bubbles with a child, with a somewhat blondish child. I'll have to look back on that. Yeah. I still so, would love, 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 love for Tom and Liz to have known each other as children. And therefore, Jennifer would have probably been in the picture at some point. You never know. I am pretty sure they did. So so you get a lot of things to, to, to tie. But death, if you're going to think in terms of like an like an like a writer, what would you do at this point to get that that forward? Because you gotta start introducing that. You could do that with a suitcase, but this season had been all and and this is something that Red's the guys de- from Red's death would bring Dom in, which would bring Katarina in. Yes, that mm-hmm. that does make sense to me as a writer, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and it would be a great way. This the the guys from Blacklist Exposed have been saying this. This has been the the switcheroo se- uh, season. You okay. think you're doing this, and at the reality, Red is doing something else. You think you're going to be presented with this, you get something else. So it doesn't matter where you go; it's always a misdirect. Yes, and that's yet another reason why Tom will not die. But is a great is a great misdirect if all you're worried about is Tom. Oh my God, now is Liz. And meanwhile, we haven't seen Red because he goes in there blazing. But what happens afterwards? Good point. Very good point. And and Red is in there in a very emotional situation. Yup. Because that now looks we know like that Liz is hugging. there. That, that does yeah. look like wrestler. She's hugging, but that could be when when she finds out that Tom's missing. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, like when he's missing, she can't find him. Eh, you know. I mean, that's yeah. That that could be. And I I don't even try to to uh, imagine how those things go because some of the times they're not even there. I mean, look at the scene with Denison in which Red and Dembe enter with the guns out, and then we get to the scene with the actual shooting, and that's not in. Yeah. I mean, they... Oh, no. I, I made the comment to someone, I think it was earlier today, actually. I said, the marketing team's job is to lure you in and keep you there. And so they're not going to put things in order. They're going to put them in the, not, not canon's order. They're going to put them in the order that makes it most, that, that brings about the questions that only they can answer. Mm-hmm. That's their job. Yeah. If they're exactly. If they don't do it, they're not doing their job. But they are doing their job. They're excellent. And, at their and job. if uh, if thinking that red that Tom's gonna die is going to bring more people in, that's what they're gonna do. Exactly. And and Tom is a favorite. I mean, think about that. In season one, he's he's shot. We're not sure if he survives or not. Um, in season two, he lives on the boat. Mm-hmm. We don't know if he's gonna come back. In season three, he gets shot. Uh, well, in the middle of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he gets he's shot. consistently hurt and injured and gone. And, and then how season three ends with somebody coming in and taking Liz and then, you know, and, and taking him. 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 And we don't, yeah. yeah, we don't know if he's alive, if he's dead. 
for season three. We start season four with him in the back of the car, so at least we know he's alive. And we end season four um, with him on the uh, coming back to the suitcase. So yep. you know that you know he, he left for for redemption, and he it shows him coming back. So this is actually the first time that we have actually known where he is at the end of a season. Well, I think that about wraps us up, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I got to say one thing about this. I love the fact that they brought Irish actors for the for the bodies. It was awesome. Oh, were they and actually I, Irish? I was going to say, that was, they're if, actually if they Irish. weren't, then that was an incredible accent. I was very yeah. impressed. They were they were they were the real thing. And, and so that, that was beautifully. But I also have to point out that we're getting a lot of, of uh, British themes. Oh, yeah. Um, we're getting Grayson Blaze, uh, girlfriend. Uh, we're getting so there's there's a, a lot, and then Ian uh, is the actor playing it. He's a British actor, so you're getting a lot. We're getting a really not Crispin uh, Ian, yeah, Ian got a lot of British themes that have begun, and to me they began when Dom said nappies instead of diapers, and I started looking out for those British, and I just compiled a list. And then there is Emma, of course. We'll see. It cannot go without me mentioning my crazy theory. <laughs> that is accurate. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, you can catch us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Please feel free to leave us comments, questions. Just chat with us on Tumblr, on Twitter, and on Facebook. We love chatting with you guys, and we will see you next week for the winter or for the uh, fall finale. And until then, try to be calm. Deep breaths, everybody. Deep breaths. It's going to be a wild ride. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.